and listening to him. I've got a CD or a, uh, a recording of him in, uh, I think it was in 2010 or 2003, something like that, at the Soho Temple in, uh, in London. I mean, it starts out just so sweet, and it goes on and on, and sweeter and sweeter, and then the devotees go completely insane. You can hear him; he's like growling. Krishna, Krishna. I found a long tear time on him a couple times, and don't play it on the air. It was good enough quality; I could do that, so it was really nice. And of course, Kandama Kanana's one. Just, There's another one, man. Just amazing. He's put out a new, uh, new recording, actually, very good quality. Really? Yeah, a couple of just recently. So I'm, I'm really surprised to see that now. It's going yes. I told him one time, you know, I said, with a voice like yours, Maharaj, you should never stop singing. Whenever you're not singing, you're depriving the world. Because mm -hmm. he's just, it's just, he speaks like that, too. Yeah, it's just that's him. That's his, and it's so it seems so effortless for him to just do that. You know, he was professional before he became a devotee. In the well, what do they call it now? Netherlands or Holland? One of them they're dropping. They don't want to be Holland anymore, or they don't want to be Netherlands anymore. But so. You yeah, know where I'm Monday, talking about. Monday, yeah. yeah, so, yeah, he was big time. Big time. And it, it, it shows. It shows. And he's still big. He's bigger time now than ever before. He's got, he's got more Chaitanya dancing now. <laughs> so, uh, without further ado, where did we leave off? That's what I was looking at. Was it another 26? I've got... A marker no further? at 34. Okay, That's right. I thought you were right. Yes. All right. Hmm. Okay. Okay, I'll, I'll kick it off with, uh, let's, I think it's 30. 30? 33. 33. Let's start with 33. Dritya darayate manaha pranindriya kriyaha yogena vyabhiyu vacharinya dritisa parta sattviki. Translation, O son of Prita, that determination which is unbreakable, which is sustained with steadfastness by yoga practice, and which thus can controls the activities of the mind, life and senses is determination in the mode of goodness. <coughs> Prabhupada says in the purport, yoga is a means to understand the supreme soul. One who is steadily fixed in the supreme soul with determination concentrating one's mind, life, and sensory activities on the Supreme, engages in Krishna consciousness. That sort of determination is in the mode of goodness. The word of Yabhicharaninya is very significant, <clears throat> for it identifies that persons who are engaged in Krishna consciousness are never deviated by any other activity. So that determination which is unbreakable. I love this. This is one of my favorite. The determination which is unbreakable, which is sustained with steadfastness. Krishna is he's saying it, he's repeating it with a different word. Like if you don't understand what um, unbreakable means, then maybe you'll understand steadfastness. You see? So Krishna's making a point here, which is set, uh, sustained with steadfastness by yoga practice, and which is thus, thus controls the activities of the mind. You're so steadfast and unbreakable 
that it con just controls the activities of your mind. Now, some people might say, well, that sounds a little fanatical. You know, Jadwaita Swami uh, one time told me that when people call me a fanatic, I take it as a compliment. <laughs> you know, so uh, this does not mean, however, uh, stubbornness. You ever dealt with someone who is stubborn? And you could say, like, two plus two is four. And they say, no, it's three. No, Prabhu, it's, it's four. Well, you know, it's, it's three. No, no, look, there's two, and there's two. Now count them. Well, it's still, it's three. Boy. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever I encounter somebody like that, I just say, okay. Because <laughs> you can make yourself blue in the face, but they're not going to change. So don't misunderstand. Uh, stubbornness is just basically false ego. It's in the mode of ignorant passion, passion of ignorance. You know, if somebody is stubborn, there's not much you can do for it, you know, do for them. So. I mean, you really, they're that stubborn. Obstinate. Somebody might be a little obstinate, meaning that you can convince them, but you're going to have to lay some facts and proof on the table. Oh, I can respect that. No. In other words, uh, <clears throat> there are people that are what I, what I like to describe as, as flags. When the wind is blowing this way, they're, you know, when the wind is blowing this way, and if the wind changes, it, so you, I can talk to somebody, convince them of this, and they're like, then you can talk to them and convince them of the opposite. You know, I can talk to somebody and convince them of Bernie's the guy to go with. Then they talk to Elijah, and Elijah convinces them, no, it's Trump all the way. <laughs> you know, so. With folks like that, they mean well, but they're just easily influenced. And so that, you know, it's like, honey, mm, honey, no, okay. So in other words, I can't come to you for what I depend on an opinion. I like somebody that's <clears throat> opinionated, but not to the point of being grossly stubborn. No matter what the facts and evidence are, I'm not changing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, okay, here's you, here's the world. <laughs> you know? We're over here, you're there, okay, what can we, you know, what color is the sky in your world? Do you have two suns, three moons? I don't know. You know, you've got this world, and it's kind of like that. I've got my world, I've got my facts, and I've got my logic. That's not what Krishna is talking about here. Krishna is talking about uh, determination which is unbreakable. Determination in Krishna consciousness. In other words, I've received the truth through the disciplic succession. And it's given me determination that you cannot break. You cannot. So that's, that's what Krishna is talking about here. <clears throat> sustained with steadfastness. <laughs> this is great. You know, so we can imagine. Uh, leaders should be this way. If your leader is kind of overly stubborn and you can't, even with facts, you can't change his mind, that's not a good qualification for a leader. If they're a flag, that's not good. But someone who's got the truth. Now, if somebody's got the truth and you say, Oh no, but Prabhu, you're reading that verse wrong. Read it again, and you, then they should be able, once they read, oh yeah, Prabhupada is saying, oh, you're right. So now my steadfast determination has changed to, a new, you can, you know, someone with steadfast determination can come to a higher realization. You see? So, yeah, sweet verse. Yeah, <coughs> I'm <coughs>
But that determination by which one holds fast the fruit of results in religion, economic development, and sense gratification is of the nature of passion or arjuna. Any person who is always desirous of fruit of results as religious in religious or economic activities, whose only desire is sense gratification, and whose life, mind, life, and senses are thus engaged is in the mode of passion. Could, could the attachment to uh, maintaining my opinion, could that be considered sense gratification? No, it seems like it. Yeah. Let's do as I said this, and all these people heard me say it. Well, I'm going to look like I'm not as smart if, if I let you defeat me with something crazy like, I don't know, facts. So i gotta, I got to hang in there. This is my self-image we're dealing with here. So, you know, these are, not that we criticize people, but it's good. you have to be able to analyze and um, judge. People don't like that word. Where people are doesn't mean they're bad. So this is what I what I need to, to do to help you. All of you are so good, I don't know what to do to help you. I have to wait for you to come and tell me. <laughs> You're all doing so well. I, but I can give you a little some suggestions here and there, but I can't see this. There's no obvious things that I need to go and say, hey, look, we need to talk. we got to fix it. Let's see it. So, <coughs> all right, next. Yayaspatnam bayam shokam visharam madam evacha na vimunachati durmeda drati sa Partaha Tamasa Asi Translation And that determination which cannot go beyond dreaming, fearfulness, lamination, or moroseness and illusion, such unintelligent determination, O Son of Purta, is in the mode of darkness. <coughs> it should not be concluded that a person in the mode of goodness does not dream. Here, dream means too much sleep. Dreaming is always present, either in the mode of goodness, passion, or ignorance. Dreaming is a natural occurrence. But those who cannot avoid oversleeping, who cannot avoid the pride of enjoying material objects, who are always dreaming of lording it over the material world, and whose life, mind, and senses are thus engaged, are considered to have determination in the mode of ignorance. <coughs> yeah, go beyond dreaming. Uh, and this would include, like, not just dreaming when you're asleep, but daydreaming. Somebody that's always got a some sort of a dream plan, you know. And every you know people like that you've met them maybe that they they got this really cool idea, and then you see them a couple of months ago uh, later and you say, hey, how's your plan look? Huh? Oh, oh that. Well, uh, let me tell you what I'm into now. They got a new dream, you know, and this goes on year after year. Uh, so, I think get in the now moment would be a good <laughs> advice for someone. <clears throat> what kind of bird is that that does that? It's a peacock, isn't it? Yeah, I think it might be a peacock. So. Oh, it might be a pheasant, but oh, the pheasant, yeah. Oh, okay. peacock. Peacock is a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah. It's a pheasant. Yeah. Pretty sure. Oh, that's rather pleasant. So, can I ask a question about it? Huh? So, question. <coughs> so, like, then the difference be because well, between dreaming and 
the mood of ignorance and passion that if somebody is dreaming in the mood of ignorance, they just dream and they're not doing anything? Or it's like either way, if they dream of stuff, just... Or if they actively pursue it, it's still considered in the mode of passion. I don't know, that's not really clear here, is it? Like, if someone in the mode of passion is dreaming, are they... Are there dreams in the mode of passion? No, I mean like dreaming of, like, have a plan, like you said, plan of this, oh, this. Oh. If they don't do anything, that's in the mode of ignorance, but if they kind of try to pursue it... That, actively, that's a good point. Right? They're in the mode of passion. Point. They're having this dream, which will give me some gratification, but because of the inertia of ignorance, they never do anything. You can ask them, "What are you doing to?" Oh, well, I'm, I'm still, we're still in the planning. <laughs> you know, I mean, I've known people like that. I probably still do. You know, I just haven't seen them in a long time. But yeah, that's. That's a good point, you know. So, but I don't know if people, <clears throat> huh, what do you think? In the mode of goodness, can you have dreams in the mode of ignorance? You're in the mode of goodness? Yeah. Um, if you're, you know, in the mode yeah. of goodness and waking hours and, and then you take rest, I guess you could. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would think so. Because if you're, let's say you're dreaming about, uh, your dreams are about giving service or hearing holy names or... So, yeah, then you're... That, that you can surcharge your dreams with the yeah, yeah, exactly. So that, that but I mean, can you... Are you talking about waking or sleeping? No, when you're, when you're sleeping. Oh, sleeping. <clears throat> Does this person in the mode of goodness when you're sleeping have mode, uh, dreams in the mode of ignorance. I, I think well, it's true. <laughs> I actually read something in Bhagavan, I think it was, if I'm not mistaken, um, in the fifth canto, they were talking about it. We have certain karma uh, that we have to leave, and then if somebody becomes a devotee, that, that's the question I was going to ask you. If somebody becomes a devotee, that this karma that certain things they have to leave can come to them in a dream, in the form of a dream. This is the question I was going to ask you, sometimes I just have dreams like nothing but the mode of ignorance. So that just kind of made me think, is that because maybe that's something I was supposed to leave but because I came to Krishna consciousness, I'm just having to relieve it only in a dream? Or is it because I'm just going down to the mode of, into the mode of ignorance and that's why I'm getting those dreams? Like, how can you? Well, we're in the mode of ignorance when we're sleeping. But where our mind is active in waking hours in the modes of, of goodness, and sometimes passion, because we need passion to hurry up and get the job done and do it right. And <clears throat> so, <clears throat> but that's probably just a leftover, you know, some ignorance you may have in a, in a dream. It's just some leftover thing that's just, I mean, look, look how long we've been in this material world. So there's no telling what is in our mind, intelligence, false ego go with the soul, body after body. Wow, that's a little scary, isn't it? I mean, what is there? No telling what I've done. I mean, I was just listening to a tape last night of Ramaswamy discussing <clears throat> Lord Nityananda and Lord Chaitanya's dealings with Jagai Madai. And so, you know, there was nothing, there was no heinous act that they didn't do every day. Not through their life they've done, every day they do, they're horrible. And then he said, that's pretty much describes almost everybody in the material world, you know. We've had some lifetimes that are better and some are worse, but you see, that's where we're, we've come from. Are you ready Come in, come in. Excuse me. Uh, it's, it's been also uh, my experience that I have desires to have Krishna conscious dreams. And I feel like there's a lot of Krishna conscious type activities, but uh, <coughs> most of them all my dreams are not Krishna conscious dreams. 
Yeah. So it's just, I'm just like wondering, like, there's so much baggage there <laughs> within, like, because I feel like, you know, I'm in the temple, I get a lot of Christian conscious experiences, like every morning we see the deities and we're chanting throughout the day and reading and hearing. And then when you, when I fall asleep, Christian conscious is gone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rarely do I have a dream that's, uh, Sometimes I wake up because I wake up a lot. Like I wake up many, many times. But so I have that experience of waking up. Sometimes I'm I'm actually waking up from a reasonably deep sleep. I'll actually get into dream stage, but then I have to wake up. But a lot of times I wake up and I'm thinking, you know, um, I'm wondering if I ever really went to sleep. But anyway, some I, I, I when I, I can remember the dream and I think. I'll analyze. What was that all about? It didn't mean anything. It was just, I don't know, was it good or passionate or ignorant? It was just like, <laughs> duh. It's like something really. But see, the only thing is, we only capture the last tiny bit of the dream. We don't know what was going on before that. So you wake up, you become conscious of the dream, and it's just like a maybe a second or two or whatever. <clears throat> and it may seem like it was longer, but it's probably not, you know? So, yeah, so, we, dreams are kind of strange, you know? Science tries to give some explanation for dreams and most of the time they admit, <laughs> we don't know, <laughs> we don't know what it means. Doesn't have to mean anything. Yeah. It's kind of like when you dream, your soul body is testing you out who you're going to become the next day when you re into your body. And if you dream for something in the mode of passion, then you might as well pursue the actual thing, but without your material body, if this is the last thought that you have upon departure, then if that mode of passion is your last thought, it drives you to want to take on another body. Krishna explains that ignorance goes to non-existence and just non-consciousness while goodness elevates to demigods' positions. Mm. Exactly. I mean, with all that we, uh, like you're saying, you have a day where you're having a full Krishna conscious day, you have programs and you're going to classes. And you, so we have so much input. And sometimes people have asked me, with all the input that I have, <clears throat> good to see you, thanks for coming. Uh, how come I don't, it doesn't come out when I'm dreaming? Well, you don't know if it does. Maybe you are. But it's just that last little bit there that you can remember when you wake up, you see. Unless you're dreaming of, uh, you know, the devotees or, you know, I had a nice dream about Prabhupada. Uh, I think it was last time we had class, the night before I had dreamt of Prabhupada. You know, it was such a sweet dream, you know. So I wonder I always wonder, what do you do to get those? <laughs> so I'm retracing. <laughs> what did I eat for dinner before? Did I have anything for snack? Uh, you know, what was my activities of the day? You do is you chant even in the dream. Those are the names of the things that get caught form in the subconscious mind, kind of. I've noticed that, like, you're not really seeing with your physical eyes, you're hearing with your physical ears, but when you're absorbed in the holy names, it's like that presence is established in the dream. Yeah, it, it, that's true. Uh, I can't qualify that. Uh, I mean, I have, uh, I mean, I pray every day for, for this and to Lord Nityananda and Lord Chaitanya, and they granted my prayer, and I want it and I need it, that I always hear, be hearing the chanting of Hare Krishna. And so when I wake up, I notice that it's, I'm hearing some kirtan. Whatever kirtan I've been listening to lately that's etched, it gets in there. Sometimes 
I'll go to the Sunday feast and it'll be Raj. He'll be singing some great melody. I'll carry that around for a week, you know? Or Kirtan Yagya or Kadama Kanda Maharaj or Shiva Ram. You know, I mean, it's been Shiva Ram for the last month or so because it's just, when I'm afraid it's going to fade, I'll go listen to that. And it's like an hour and a half Kirtan, you know, I listen to it again. And it's just, so, and then I have to wonder, I'm getting up in the dark to go to the bathroom and I'm, I'm it's, it's there, so I'm like, I feel good. And I'm thinking, is it there when I'm dreaming, when I'm sleeping? How do you know? I don't, I don't know, you know. But you can get to where it'll be whenever you're still. Whatever I mean, if you're, <clears throat> if there's, if you're doing something that takes all of your concentration, then you may not be noticing it, but it's really still there. You know, to get to where it just it becomes a part of you, and your mind will get disturbed. The only time I notice when I'm really waking and walking around that I lose that is when I go into some store that's playing some <laughs> Jimi Hendrix or something, you know, or Christmas music, you know. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I go into the store and it's Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, and I come out and it's dashing through the snow. <laughs> Wait a minute, no! <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to have headphones. <laughs> I do need that. So, all right, we should move on, I guess. Is it your turn? Or... <coughs> Which verse are we on? Thirty-six. Well, we're covering a lot of territory today. We've actually covered three verses. Sukam shwadi. O best of the Bharatas, now please hear from me about the three kinds of happiness by which the conditioned soul enjoys and by which he sometimes comes to the end of all distress. A conditioned soul tries to enjoy material happiness again and again, thus he chews the jute. But sometimes, in the course of such enjoyment, he becomes relieved from material entanglement by association with a great soul. In other words, a conditioned soul is always engaged in some type of sense gratification. But when he understands by good association that it is only a repetition of the same thing, and he is awakened to his real Krishna consciousness, he is sometimes relieved from such repetition repetitive so-called happiness. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, we're, this is going to be, this is going to be interesting. We're going to get into happiness in the modes. So, uh, <clears throat> uh, let me read that verse again. There was something I was going to say and I can't remember. Now please hear from me about the three kinds of happiness by which the conditioned soul enjoys and by which he sometimes comes to the end of all desires. <coughs> Excuse me. So there's some happiness, as Prabhupada points out, <coughs> in the purport that's basically just like chewing the chew. It's I'm, I'm just trying to enjoy. And this is what I do. So I do a little bit of this, I do a little bit of that. You know, I'll go have a beer, I'll go have a cigarette, I'll go have something to eat, I'll go have some sex life, and then I repeat that. You know, so these are chewing the chew kind of thing. We're just doing and doing and doing. And, and it's either, I feel that if I'm not doing one of those things, one of the, one of the things <clears throat> that gives me my material happiness, then I'm unhappy. I'm bored. So now, but there are forms of happiness that can relieve all your distress. These forms of happiness that, that we've talked about, this chewing the chew, doesn't relieve any distress. It just occupies your mind. 
you know, <coughs> for a little while. That which in the beginning may be just like poison, but at the end is just like nectar, and which awakens one to self-realization, is said to be happiness in a mode of release. Both his vibration of life. In the pursuit of self-realization, one has to follow many rules and regulations to control the mind and the senses and to concentrate the mind on the self. <coughs> All those procedures are very difficult, bitter like poison. But if one is successful in following the regulations and comes to the transcendental position, he begins to drink real nectar and he enjoys life. So how can this be? That which in the beginning may be just like poison, very bitter. How is this? Now we need to understand. My dear Lord Krishna, I have faith in you. But this isn't making any sense. How does the taste change? Taste bitter, but one day you tell me it's going to taste sweet, like nectar. I'm going to go with that only because I have faith in you, right? So when we're in illusion, uh, we have a certain <clears throat> mindset. And uh, our picture of enjoyment you know, is a snapshot of so many different things. Enjoyment in the mode of passion or the, in the mode of ignorance. Uh, and so those things we picture as sweet. <clears throat> Smoking a joint. Sweet. To someone who smokes cigarettes. Smoking cigarettes. Sweet. You know, you know, you walk, you ever walk past this, you know, sometimes uh, you go going in and out of a building. That's where people by the, by the door, they're up there smoking out there. So when you're going in or you're going out, you catch a whiff of that, and you think, yeah. <laughs> so, but to the smoker, oh, man, it's time for a smoke break. I'm, I'm, you ever heard anybody say, I'm dying for a smoke? I mean, you know, he's anticipating the sweetness of it, and yet you're like, oh. you know, could, could you put that up? Could you take that over there, you know? So, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of crazy. So, if you're going to change somebody from uh, these modes, the enjoyment in these modes, to enjoying in a, the mode of goodness, or what to speak of pure goodness, then it's so, because it doesn't register in their mind, it's not perceived as enjoyment, as nectar, they're going to they're going to perceive it as uh, the opposite of you know so it's bitter so i've got to rise early in the morning who the hell wants to do that i got to sit and chant well, i don't want to do that want, there's so many things that i need to do i want to do you know so go to class read you know, I, I, I'm not accustomed to doing these things. So now you're saying, so there, there's a bitterness there. <clears throat> and then everybody goes through it. Then all of a sudden, after you do it for a while, it, it takes on this sweet nectarian flavor. <clears throat> and, you're, you're, and, and then you turn into, uh, you, you, you get into the point where you're always eager to hear and chant. Uh, so it be, and then when someone starts, <coughs> like I was listening to Ramnath Swami last night, Keshava was playing this, uh, and I've heard this before, it's, <coughs> I'd like to listen to this on uh, uh, Nityananda's appearance. It's so nectarian to hear of these pastimes, you know. Lord Chaitanya, Lord Nityananda's pastimes, it's like, you can, you just, you can just rivet yourself to it. And, and Maharaj is so, he's such a good storyteller. You know, because he can put in some details. And, and it's just so, it's so sweet that you find yourself like, you know, like hanging on. 
So now in the beginning of our Krishna consciousness, we can't sit there and do that. You know, you want to go to the temple, be with the devotees, chant a little bit, have some fun, and then go. And once I've done that, I've got this whole other world over here, and I'm perceiving there is enjoyment over there. So I have, I'm, I'm in that area of mixed faith. I have faith in Krishna and Krishna Kata, Krishna Prasadam, but I also have faith in the, you know, the material world. So I have, I'm in mixed faith. And so what happens is over time, the faith in Krishna starts to win out and the faith in the material world starts to dwindle <clears throat> until you lose faith altogether in the material world. So, all right. I guess it's my turn, isn't it? Vishayendriya samyoga yatad agre mito panatamam Pariname visham eva tatsukam rajasam smiktam Translation. <coughs> that happiness which is derived from contact of the senses with their objects and which appears like nectar at first but poison at the end is to be said to be in in the nature of passion. So here we go. We've got, we, now we flipped it to the other side. That, uh, oh, can you think of any examples of enjoyment that seemed like nectar in the beginning, but bitter in the end? Candy. Too much candy. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's a good one. Wait a minute. Candy's always good. <laughs> Don't you agree? I do. <laughs> no, it could be with any, any uh, material thing, like say you want a, a, a new car, and you, and you get the new car, and you're so happy you got the new car, and then you get a, a car accident, and the car gets damaged, then you're feeling all this remorse and anxiety about it. Yeah. Yeah, even a little scratch, yeah. It's, it's like, uh, yeah, you, you can go to the store, and you park your, your brand new Corvette way out. I used to have a friend, he got a new Corvette and he would park way out away from where the other, you know, however, everybody tries to get close to the door, <laughs> but he would park way out there and walk because it's this new Corvette. And then, uh, I mean, he was really, if you've gotten this car, he'd say, hey, wipe your feet, man. And so, <laughs> and then one day he came out and there was a scratch on his Corvette. <laughs> so it was all of a sudden real bitter. And he was telling me, you know, he said, sometimes I'll park way over there at the end of the lot to get away from it. Everybody else is right up close, as close. Everybody, for the most part, tries to get as close to the door as possible. So he's parking way over there. And he said, it's not terribly uncommon to come out. And there's a guy parked right next to me. Why? You know, he would just be so upset. And then all of a sudden, there's a scratch one day. You know, another example. Uh, you know, uh, uh, intoxication, happy hour. They call it happy hour because people start out happy. You know, they're throwing them back. I'm glad to get out of work. You know, so we're tossing them back and. Everything's great. So it, it, it may be perceived as tasting like nectar, you know. Then after a while, you're like, mm, you're, you're sick. <laughs> so then it turns out, you know, really it turns bitter, you know. So uh, so we can see this is mode of passion, you know. Mode of passion has a... Yeah, recently I've been uh, reminded of that. Um, at work, uh, there's been this guy who works really hard, you know, everything else. He says, oh, I get to go on vacation. I'm so happy. I'm going to, to Disneyland. I'm going to take the kids. I'm going to all this kind of fun. I said, well, good. I, I hope you enjoy it. You know, and so he, he goes off. He comes back. Okay. And he's coming back. You know. And I'm going, oh, did you have a good time? He said, yeah, but it didn't last long enough. They always say and that. I, yeah. And I said, well, 
what did you expect? It, those things don't last forever. They're all temporary. <laughs> that's exactly what I told him. Yeah. And he says, yeah, but why can't they last forever? I says, that's just not the nature of things. That's what I told him. So I, it made me think at that moment in time exactly what that is. So it's kind of ironic this came up because I thought, well, yeah, I mean, it doesn't last. So I want to be able to have a life of bliss and service in which I don't need a vacation. Right. There's no requirement for that. Your life is a vacation. Your life is a vacation. It, it turns into a permanent, you know, this is yeah. a really strong point. Spiritual yeah. life turns into a permanent vacation. Vacation from what? Vacation from the pangs of material uh, world, material uh, energy. However, <laughs> there's going to be challenges on the way back to Godhead. Krishna will challenge you. He will lay things in front of you. Uh, ill health, uh, struggles with other devotees. And you'll be wondering, well, why are, why are we struggling? What's going on here? Why is this happening? So then you have to get back to that, I think it was verse 34. What kind of determination do you have? Are you steadfast? Krishna wants to know. We're having this relationship with Krishna. It's not like, okay, here's your book. I spoke this to Arjun. Here, you take it. Let me know. Get back to me. Let me know how it works. No, he's right in there with you. You know, he's, I mean, uh, Krishna consciousness means becoming conscious of Krishna. And Krishna is like always right here with us. So he's very curious at how you're going to deal with these things. How steadfast is your determination? How unbreakable is it? I know you, you'll hang on to it if I send some big mean non-devotee to challenge you. I know. What if I send you a devotee that challenges you? Ah, what? Why would you do that? Because I'm me. I want to see real steadfastness. You know? And the devotee doesn't say, oh, this isn't fair. No, it may not be pleasant, but you got to be steadfast. you got to just keep marching forward. See? That doesn't mean, as I said, that we're stubborn and we don't listen to reason. No, no, because we could be wrong. You always have to wonder, am I wrong? And you may have to talk to someone that, that is a, an authority. Hey, we are on this pastor. Do you think we got to do that? Or someone who's <clears throat> who, whose advice you trust, whose thinking you trust. And then you think, okay, no, I think I'm doing the right thing. I'm making the right decisions. Uh, it's probably the other person. Um, maybe there's some shared liability here, but... I think I'm doing the right thing. So, all right, steadfast. We don't want to remain steadfast when it's destructive. It's got to be productive. Our determination must be productive and for productive reasons and have productive results. You know? There are sometimes, even when you may be right and the other person may be wrong, that it would be more productive to let them have their way. Whatever, you know. <laughs> but when it's destructive, when that's going to be destructive, you got to really think it through, and then you have to be steadfast. Let's see. And this is all you having a relationship with Krishna. This is your story, you know, and Krishna is very interested. You're not out there alone. Krishna is very interested in how do you go forward with these things. Sometimes there may be uh, uh, challenges and you think, I wonder why Krishna is doing this. Why is Krishna allowing this? This is bizarre. And it's just not pleasant. 
it's very, it can get very unpleasant. But then sometimes as the challenge increases, you come to that realization, oh, this is why you're doing it. There, there is like um, a silver lining to this. I see now. And then even though the challenges may be increased, it starts to be okay with you because you see where Krishna is going with this. And if you acquiesce to Krishna's desire, everything will be fine for everybody. For you, the other person, the community. <clears throat> you see? So, but to do that, we have to stay out of the modes. And it's tough. It's hard not to get sucked into the modes. And even if you do get sucked in, you get really upset, you've got to get back out. So if you can, for your steadfast, uh, steadfastness to be productive and effective, you've got to stay almost all the time, or as much of time as possible, out of the modes. Does that make any sense? All right. Is it your? Is it your your shot? Do you want to you want to take one? Sure. Why not? not <coughs> I don't think we read the purport of thirty eight. Oh really? Oh. Ah. A young man and a young woman meet, and the senses drive the young man to see her, to touch her, and to have sexual intercourse. In the beginning, this may be very pleasing to the senses, but at the end or after some time, it becomes just like poison. They are separated, there is divorce, there is lamentation, there is sorrow, etc. Such happiness is always in the, mo in the mode of passion. Happiness derived from a combination of the senses and the sense objects is always a cause of distress and should be avoided by all means. Thanks, I would have forgotten that. I was so eager to, eager to talk, I stepped over Prabhupada. If he was here, he would go. Yad Agre Chanubande Cha Sukam Mohanam Atmana Yid Ralasya Pram A Datam tat tamasam udharatam. Very good. And, and that happiness which is blind to self-realization, which is delusion from beginning to end, and which arises from sleep, laziness, and illusion, is said to be of the nature of ignorance. Purport. One who takes pleasure in laziness and in sleep is certainly in the mode of darkness, ignorance. And one who has no idea how to act and how not to act is also in the mode of ignorance. For the person in the mode of ignorance, everything is illusion. There is no happiness either in the beginning or at the end. For the person in the mode of passion, there might be some kind of ephemeral happiness in the beginning and at the end distress. But for the person in the mode of ignorance, there is only distress both in the beginning and at the end. We sometimes hear uh, people say, ignorance is bliss. Yeah. But here, that's just the opposite of being yeah. defeated. Yeah. No, it's not. Um, you, may be in, uh, you may be thinking that things are okay, but you don't know what okay is. You're, you're in a mode of ignorance. So sometimes people live life, lives that they get accustomed to suffering. And so when the suffering goes down a little bit, they interpret that as pleasure. You see? It's like, and this is crude, but I'll use this. This is a crude example, but it's like, uh, and this happens to me a lot, because I'm an old man with a swollen prostate, and I travel on the freeway a lot. So sometimes I'm going across the desert somewhere 
generally, you know, one of the worst places is east of El Paso, where there is nothing, and all of a sudden you got to use the bathroom. You got to, and so it gets to be distressful, mile after mile after mile. There's nothing to hide behind. You know, you can't go outside. You just got to keep going. You know, so. This is distress. It's painful. So then <clears throat> you see something and then you, you get off and you're able to relieve yourself and you find yourself thinking, oh, that's, uh, you, you think that's pleasure. No, it's just the cessation of the suffering. It's, it's really not pleasure, but it sure seems like it's, it's relief from suffering. And then... My, in other words, my level of suffering goes down to the level it was before I had to eliminate. Well, that level wasn't so great. You know, you're still an old man and maybe you're tired or whatever, you know, sleepy. And, and you're lamenting because you've got 600 miles to drive or something like that, you see. So I just go back down to that level of suffering that I was at before, but it seems like pleasure. Oh, so that's, no, you know. <coughs> All right, Krishna Nambi, what are you? Sorry, I lost my place. That's number 40. <coughs> Vatad Asti Pur Pertivam Va Devi Devasu Devashu Va Puna Sattvam or Sattvam Praktri Jar Muktam Yad Abhi Sayat Tribir Gunai the translation, there is no being existing either here or among the demigods in the higher planetary systems, which is free from these three modes of born of material nature. Uh, purport, the Lord here summarizes the total influence of the three modes of material nature all over the universe. Wow, bold statement. There is no being existing either here or amongst the demigods in the higher planetary systems which is freed from these modes uh, born of material nature uh, which means there may be some people more or less you know you see some people that really they, they think they're good deed doers and they're in a mode of goodness and they still have passion and some ignorance you know so and, and this is even in the higher planetary systems, you know, with the exception of those who are not operating in the modes of material nature, the devotees. You're operating in the mode of pure goodness. In other places in Bhagavad Gita, Krishna says that you become, you become free of the modes. I was just gonna. I was just wondering, like, you know, like the mode of goodness is kind of like a springboard to the transcendental uh, goodness. Um, it seems like um, a lot of people in the mode of goodness are not interested in Krishna consciousness. Mm -hmm. um, you would think, because they're, you know, they're more pure, relatively, that they would be. But a lot of times, somebody in more passion or more ignorance is more likely to become a devotee. This is a fabulous observance. This is a fabulous point. Because when I get in the mode of goodness, I get a little proud. Yeah. Why? What are you talking to me? I'm a vegan. I'm a social justice warrior. <laughs> I am, a, what do they call it, for the uh, climate, 
yeah. You know, I hug trees. <laughs> Who do you think you are? I'm there, buddy. I'm there. Yeah. Why, I'm the upper crust of human, human society. So all the stuff you're talking, don't tell me all that. I'm already there. I'm probably beyond you. <laughs> Why? I was hugging trees when you were just sitting up, using them for shade. <laughs> you know? So what's happened? The, the, the modes of ignorance and passion, they're in play too. But that person seems to be more or less in the mode of, uh, of goodness. They'll say, I'm non-judgmental. Although I'm judging that I'm better than you. You see what I mean? Yeah. So then you find some poor person and they're in distress. They're somewhere in that mode of passionate ignorance, ignorant passion, but they're, they're feeling distress. There's your candidate right there. I need to be relieved from this. This material world is not working for me. Isn't there anything else? And at that moment, Krishna says, yes, now that you ask. But the person in the mode of goodness, and they're a little proud. I, yeah, that may be good for you, but I don't need it. Yeah. <laughs> OK. Ta-ta. A lot of the impersonalists are in the mode of goodness. Oh, yeah. You know, they meditate a lot, and they're, they're feeling good, kind of blissful. But they don't have anything to do with the serving God, you know. Yeah, that's not that's not what they do. They're not looking for it. They don't want it. So, uh, but what are the four kinds of people who surrender to Krishna? Uh, distressed, um, inquisitive, greedy, greedy. They want money. Oh yeah. yeah. So the the, the distressed could be. Ignorant passion, passionate ignorance. The greedy, they just want money. That's mode of passion, you know. Uh, curious. Now we're kind of getting into the mode of goodness. Yeah. Or someone who's just really looking for, for God. So now we've moved up into, good, in, into goodness. Although all those people still have some, you know, some anchors into the modes. What's a, you know, like that. But they've arrived into the mode of goodness because they're looking for God, you know, uh, or because they're just curious. Why am I curious? If, what are you guys all about? Because I'm not thinking subconsciously that I'm there. I've already arrived. You see. So that's a, this is a great observation. I'm going to give a class on that. Krishna Cove, Sunday feast maybe. That'd be a good. It's a real big one. I have to be careful not to step on toes. Yeah. I do that sometimes, but I don't. You know, I don't really care though, do I? No, I <laughs> no, I do. <laughs> no. But you know, this, this is good. Subject. Maybe we can talk about that on the radio. That'd be wonderful. Oh, that'd be a perfect oh. subject. I was I was struggling with across different subjects, but that would be perfect. If we add hu enough humor, humor to it, it yeah. so that people don't become offended, well, yeah. he's talking about me. Oh. Yeah, that'd be perfect. Yeah, that'd be fun. Point. All right. We can really run off that one. So. Oh, we can have fun with that. Yeah, yeah. Great. What do you think, Krishna Das? Um... I don't either. Are you going on Harinam? Oh. All right, I think we should wrap it up because it's about time for Harinam. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Always a pleasure. This, I, I like. Uh, Dragging our feet going through this 18th chapter, it's just, it's just fun. Because it is the summary. It is. It's just amazing. It's like going through the, I mean, it is. It is. We're going through the whole show.
you know, so it's fun. And then we're going, I think we're going into uh, teachings of Lord Chaitanya next, is that right? That's right. Yeah. That's correct. This is going to be great. I know. What do you have there? <laughs> so, I was doing the offering today, and then you know how they had to do the offering to the Guru, and I, I thought, oh, I don't have to open the picture. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know if you like those. Yeah, is this a... I forget what kind of melon this is. Pamela. Oh, that's a, a grapefruit. It's a pomelo. A what? It's a pomelo. It's, it's kind of like grapefruit that doesn't hurt your teeth or your stomach. Wow, that's, very that's good. just what I mean. It's, uh, I've been craving for the last few weeks, and I was trying to find them, and then I went to the Asian store, and this is already prashad, it doesn't need to be a but I went to the Asian store, without Gigi, and she just got paid, and I had the, <laughs> the car on me, and I see those pomelos. The only thing that stopped me from getting 10 is the fact that we're leaving on Thursday, so I only got six. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> What's it called now? Pomelo. Pomelo? P-O-M-M-E-L-O, pomelo. They grow oh. like a, you know what, they grow. I know they, I lived in Thailand, and we had them in Thailand all the time. I don't know if they have them in India. Red palm. Oh, okay. It, it is spelled with U. U.S. In Russia, they have those all the time. Huh. Wonder where they grow them. I I don't know. This is U.S. Say pomelo. See, ah. I love grapefruit, but I I don't take it because uh, when I go to brush my teeth at night, it'll hurt like everything. Yeah, I can't eat. If I eat a grapefruit, my teeth hurt for a week. Yeah. No, so, like but I have these super don't do that. They don't do it. I have super sensitive teeth. I don't even eat grapefruit at all. Like if you have super sensitive time. teeth, there's a, uh, a uh, an Indian toothpaste. I guess we should turn this. Oh yeah. <laughs> so anyway, very interesting subject. <laughs> I'm very sensitive no, teeth. I, <laughs> I don't know what is. Anyway. I don't care if he records this. Uh, there's a, a toothpaste that they make in India called uh, Red, made by Dabur. Mm -hmm. And it is red. Oh, I, I think I've had it, yeah. And it's, it's the greatest thing in the mm -hmm. world for sensitive teeth. I mean, it's just like, uh, if I eat like a grapefruit or some something that's making my teeth, if I use any other toothpaste when I brush my teeth, it's painful. Mm -hmm. But when I use this, if I just kind of touch the tooth with it a little bit and then brush, no problem. Mm -hmm. So, and I use it all the time. Mm -hmm. I, I wear a mouth guard that helps at night because I was grinding my teeth apparently mm -hmm. that was causing it. Oh. But the grapefruits I can't eat like, but this is perfect and it's actually very, um, like, no, no, no blood sugar raising, very good. Oh, that's good. So. That's good to know. So how's Gigi and the baby? Good. Yeah. She's not a baby anymore. She's very serious. She said, yeah, she's not really oh. a baby anymore. Oh, no, no. She? She's like, I am not a baby. Don't call me a baby. No. She's very, very serious. Very grown up. And she was asking about you. Oh, she said, tell them the, 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 the pummel is from me. Okay. So, <laughs> she's, oh. she's good. I'm going to have to thank her for it. She was hoping to see you today, but things didn't work out. So, you know, I came by myself because it's hard for her to just hang outside. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, so um, are you going to come to Phoenix from the Oh, Yashra? yeah. I got a nice in invitation from Mother Premdatri. Nice. Oh, she thought you were going to be gone. Huh? She thought you were going to be in India. So I talked to her and she said, oh, when is he leaving? I said, in March. She said, oh, she's like, oh, I didn't even invite him because I thought he, he was going to be gone. Because she thought that you were going to go to India, you know, because you usually go in February. Well, yeah. But this year you're going later. Yeah. And actually, I'm not even going in March. Now I'm putting off, because Bajrang Alliance Swami is coming here uh -huh. when he gets back from India, and I want to be here with him. Oh. So uh, I've decided to go for Karti. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. okay, nice. So, yeah, I get to go. Okay. So this, uh, I think this is the first one. Usually I'm in India when uh -huh. they have it, so this will be great. Okay. And they're going to have Festival of, uh, of India and everything, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. So, but Russia, not this year, next year. 
because you know I, I don't mean to you know pressure it. It's just if you want to do it to get the visa to get the funds, it's it's you know it takes a minute because it's like we'll probably need like a, if we have three thousand dollars that's a good budget and it's realistic you know with those GoFundMe and you know like I know the voters in Dallas mm -hmm. they can help like to spread the word. Yeah, yeah. It's realistic, but it's just you know what you were saying that next year probably will be better. It might be. Uh, can you excuse me? I need to go. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Sorry, Absolute. just keeping you. But I'll be right back. Oh, okay. Of course. Because I will, you know, I will hopefully figure out, because I told you there's like a Russian place by, by the sea. Yeah. And we got to the summer there so I can research on you coming. Yeah, I mean, I like, I do want to do it. I was, you know, this is getting recorded. <laughs> 